The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Harbaugh and all the Ravens out here. Newly signed Raven Odell Beckham Jr., who's also doing the Riders Up call. Uh, you said your first horse race. What do you make of all this, and how are you feeling about the call later? Um, it seems like to be a lovely event from what I'm seeing. Great people around us. Got my teammates here, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Don't know exactly what I'm doing, but um, I'm looking forward to it, whatever it is. Well, the man to my right can give you a few tips, right, Coach Harbaugh? You did the Riders Up call last year. You've been to quite a few Preaknesses. Why is this such a special event for the state? It's an amazing event. Everybody does a great job putting it on. It's great for Baltimore, the people of Baltimore, horse racing in general. But, Odell, it's, it's not that. I was nervous last year, too. It's not too hard. You just got to say Riders Up, right, with a lot of enthusiasm. going to be fired up. You're good for that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's finally time for the 148th running of the Preakness for my new home to the city of Baltimore, to all the fans watching around the world. Riders up! There he is, Odo Beckham Jr. It was just well seven weeks ago today that we were breaking down his unexpected arrival in Baltimore, the Preakness Stakes on Saturday, OBJ there. Will he be there on Monday, though? That's really the question. We'll be talking about all the OTA-related issues. The Ravens, one of the 20 teams getting started today, 10 more tomorrow. Eagles next week, the Bengals the week after that. They had to be different. They had to be different. But you know what? When the really good teams are doing it that way, maybe you start asking yourself, should we wait too? But it's just the Eagles and the Bengals. 20 today, 10 tomorrow. Good morning. It's Monday. Good morning. He's Chris. I'm Mike. We're PFT Live, Peacock, Series XM85, Sky Sports Action, and podcast, podcast. How could I forget 
podcast. Good morning. Hello, hello. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, well, the Eagles, Bengals, right? I think there's those are teams late in the season. You know, Bengals two years in a row, so they give their guys probably an extra week, something like that. But man, good to see you, man. OBJ did a good job right there. Did you watch the horse race this time around? I still haven't really gotten to the bottom of you and your horse race thing here. I don't know what what's the deal, but like, you don't even did you pay well, attention at well, all? Why do you keep baiting me? <laughs> because it's a relevant me? American subject that happened this weekend, and you as my friend, we usually talk and discuss the weekend. I watched it, and I want to know if you watched one of the great things about of our American culture on Saturday that was on the network that pays us so handsomely and, and well. Well, <laughs> let's talk about it after the next race, which isn't on the network that pays us handsomely or otherwise. Let's do that. Okay. Then, then, then I'll tell you a little bit more about it. I don't know when the Belmont is, but it's on. We, it's not on. It's not on. So I can comment on the Belmont. Why don't I defer my thoughts on the sport of horse racing until the next one? Okay. The, the Belmont. The Belmont. Something, all right. Something. So, hey, Fox, okay. when you have I, it, we're going to crap all over it. All right. Just to let you know. Uh, that's what's going. But I don't even I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know which horse won. And you know what? The horse doesn't know either. Um, yes, so he does. He I knows. A He's a competitor. No. And he got in the circle and everybody he got an extra bath and more flowers and they gave him more food. And he went, man, it must have something to do with the fact that I beat all those other horses. He knows you're crazy. You're crazy. It, it might have something to do with it. I mean, maybe it's like a Pavlovian dog response after enough victories. You start realizing, OK, if I if I have all the other horses behind me, then I get flowers and oats and uh, <laughs> uh, the other things that go along with being the fastest horse on the track. Right. Let National me tell you I had a moment this yes. morning. Right. We've talked we've talked uh, in the past about how we'll wake up on a Saturday and freak out yeah. because we think we have the show and we're late for it. When my alarm went off today at 6 a.m., my first thought as I woke up was, why did I set my alarm for Sunday? And I turned it off and I went back to sleep. Wow. <laughs> and, and that's the first time that's ever happened. Now, I've told you in recent weeks, I've had this feeling one of these days, I'm just not going to show up. And what are they going to do at this point? But I almost did it accidentally. I almost did it. I and and I, I lay there and it's like that moment where you just like well when did, yeah how long did like, you oh, lay there before you crap, finally realized it's Monday. Wait, it is a work day what, what, what was the time frame not there? long not long not long enough to fall back to sleep whatever the time frame was I was you know you go straight back down like what the hell's wrong with me why did I t why did I set my alarm for Sunday now I was mad at myself like it's stupid I wake my wife up for no reason whatsoever. What am I doing now? I think eventually she would have said something like, why are you still here? Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, um, yeah, that was a that was a way to that's a hell of a way to wake up. That wakes you up when you get the days wrong in a way where you think it's a day where you can sleep as long as you want that that gets you going on a Monday. Yeah, morning. that'll it's get the adrenaline salad going Monday, by the way. Yeah. OK, chicken Speaking salad of Monday. being baited. Well, Matt Casey, why would you put chicken salad Monday in the sheets when you just are asking for us to provide the well he knows yang he knows the chicken salad we're phrase. capable of that's right he knows we can make chicken salad out of chicken shit but he's no been trying time. To, there's no problem he's been trying to talk <laughs> us gently he's trying to nudge us like the horses he's trying to convince us 
you know, to do the thing that he wants us to do. And we're just kind of, oh, what do we know? And, uh, you know, it was working until he puts Chicken Salad Monday in the sheet. Wait, so, uh, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I want my Sunday afternoon back. You ruined my Sunday afternoon. Oh, come on. I didn't ruin your – I was so proud of you. I, I, I mean, you know, as a friend, I was sitting there thinking about you, right? There were – and I was going, because I know every now and then I bring up golf and you're like, oh, I don't really watch it or whatever. And it was a, it's a big tournament, the PGA Championship. And it was, a, it was a cool day yesterday where, you know, for those who weren't watching, like four out of the five best players in the world were all at the top. And it was a major, you know, championship. So I texted my friend and said, hey, man, you should watch this. This might be good. This guy, Brooks Kepka, who I know has a West Virginia connection that you've told me about. I think he's the man. I think he is the he has a chance. He's got he's made of the right stuff, Mike. I think you saw enough to know that he don't blink. He's like he's all about the big moments, the big tournaments. And I think that's why I wanted you to watch a little bit. I knew it might hit home a little with Brooks Kepka and his father being from West Virginia. And I do think this is maybe a guy we're watching that's like I don't has that magic where I'd go only Tiger I've seen that's had it where in the clutch I just go eh, this guy's gonna pull it out more times than not and he's kind of got that type of mojo. I'm sitting down in my bar and I'm having a relaxing <laughs> afternoon. I'm being productive. I'm having a cigar. I'm having just soda, no alcohol until five o'clock, and I only had a little bit after five o'clock rolled around. But everything's peaceful. I got some music on. The the Barn door is open, and we've got screen doors that my nephew made on each side. A day like yesterday is perfect for that. The temperature was great. The natural light coming in. Everything's fine. 3.56 p.m. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And I was just thinking yesterday, you know, we really don't text each other as much as we should on the days that we're not working. Boom. Mike, you should watch PGA Championship. And my my response to that was meh. Meh, Uh, And then you kept pushing. You kept pushing. (laughs) And I eventually sent you a photo of the big 70-inch screen down in the barn on CBS with the PGA Championship. Now, I just still don't understand the whole live golf thing. I thought Brooks Kepka defected for live golf. How's he playing in the PGA Championship if he went to live golf? Where does any of that stand? Yeah. It's exhausting to it try to keep up exhausting. with it. I thought there was this fracture between the two golf things is Saudi Arabia was trying to throw money at everybody and so PGA America has something that's that well yeah and and with the majors they've let crossover happen right so and I think that's where there was you know some lawsuits and I don't know all the details there either way I don't know it everything but yeah there is a tour is different from the PGA exactly gave away the championship exactly right right exactly so this is is, you know it's its own entity but yeah these LIV golfers they can play in the Masters which was the first major the PGA Championship the British Open and the US Open there's crossover there they let everybody be involved in that and you know you know and, and good good that they do I don't like that the the golf sport fractured that way but I certainly am glad that they let the live golfers come back and play because they have a few that are the the best in the game right now and to me Brooks Kepka is the the next legend of the sport and you're kind of watching it in the in the making right yesterday and, and right now it's just odd that they're able to find a way to work it out yeah. for the majors because everything is so contentious and litigious and nasty between the PGA Tour and Live Golf and part of me feels compelled to read up on it a little bit but 
the rest of me is like, nah, who cares? You haven't paid attention this long. Why bother paying attention now? Although I remember last year being fascinated by the possibility that with this giant Saudi Arabia fund, right. and they decided they're just going to start buying up sports, like at what point do they not just buy an NFL team because currently the rules don't allow it, why don't you just start your own professional football league in America and just throw hundreds of millions at it and give it time to thrive and throw money at star players. Kind of like what the USFL did originally when it recruited star players away from the NFL, the old AFL, the WFL from the 70s. There's been plenty of alternative football in the past 40 years, but the more recent iterations are all about the next cut below the NFL. I remember being very fascinated last year about the possibility that the Saudi Arabia money just shows up and says, we're going to start buying up all the guys who are out there. OBJ, Lamar Jackson, you're no longer under contract to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll pay you whatever you want. We'll give you a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Come play with us. I just wonder whether or not at some point they're going to throw that gigantic pot of cash at football players and try to set up their own thing here in the United States. Well, maybe they will. I, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't thought uh, thought about it, but it's an interesting thought, seriously. And if there's one group of people that could, you know, probably pull it off, it seems like they got the cash over there to do that type of stuff. I mean, they're throwing out hundred million dollar checks to some of these golfers like it's going out of style to get them to switch over from the PGA to the LIV. So uh, it's it's an interesting thought. But either way. With yesterday, that was kind of cool. What you, you said, Brooke Kepska, his dad's like somewhere not far from where you grew up or something like that. Is that what it was? No. No, his dad went to high school in oh, the town that I currently th- live in. That's it. Sorry. Sorry. I messed, messed, messed that up. But, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was, it was a good event. So do you think you could get into it or are you like, oh, that's it? Like, no. you know, if like the British Open, U.S. Open, you won't like put it on Once on the Sunday? Masters. Okay. When's the Masters? It was already. The Masters. It was. It, was, that? it already oh, happened. It's wow. the first weekend in April. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. All right. Well, we do have the U.S. The Open. US the U.S. Open. Open. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Half the Masters are or the, the Masters. Half the majors are done. The right. Masters and the PGA Championship. I like how they took the fourth Masters that nobody cares about and wedged it between the Masters and the U.S. Open, so people care about it now. It used to be the tail on the donkey right. in August that Early nobody August. cared about. Yeah. Now, now, now it's now it's wedged in, and and actually people cared about it this time around. But the U.S. Open is on NBC. The Open which is the fancy proper name for the British Open, is also on NBC. So maybe maybe we'll work something out where I actually watch more than just like the last few hours. Yeah, that's uh, all right. It was just well, a couple of hours. That's all you, you need. You texted at 3.56 p.m. Yeah. I got on board. Right. I saw the back nine. Right. That's I all saw you the, mean? I saw the, the, the Michael Block, the club pro from somewhere in California that amazing? has this storybook rod that I still don't understand, but I had never in my entire life seen or even heard of somebody getting a hole in one where it is literally a hole in one, where it goes straight in like a basketball shot. That was amazing. That, that was worth it. I mean, thank you for that alone. Thank you for disrupting my peaceful Sunday afternoon so I could be part of the afterglow because I actually missed it live. But I was part of the afterglow yeah, of this yeah. guy shooting a ball right. that went straight in to the cup. Not straight in because it hit the side and like messed it up. 
but unbelievable. The ball yeah. just boom right in. Yeah, cool, cool story. Uh, is a guy that like qualifies for these major events every year. You you said it right. He's a club pro. I don't know if I know the full story either, right? But man, I mean Sunday. Back nine PGA Championship. You're playing with Rory McIlroy, who's won a few majors, and you just, like you said, slam dunk it, swish it from 200 yards away. You know, you'll always be able to have that ball and that story and that moment on TV. So that was really cool. It was. I'm glad. I think we got you going here. I got something going here. I'm going to keep you in tune with this a little bit, especially like, come on, if this guy, this Kepka guy goes on a run here, like he, he, we could be talking about a guy we're starting to watch here as an all-time great. I mean, it's it's like every major, he is towards the top. He got a little hurt like about a year, year and a half ago, so he disappeared for a little bit. But before that, and now that it was like career-ending. Well, he had a bad knee thing, right. So now that he's been back, though, I mean, he becomes relevant almost right away, Mike, and he's one of those guys that's like made it all about the majors, right? It's like he doesn't care about anything else. In fact, he's won more majors than he was just – than he's won regular tournaments now. Because I think he just uses them to like work on his game, and he doesn't care if he wins. So that's where I find it to be a kind of a cool story as well. He's got five, and I remember there was a time where we thought it was inevitable that Tiger Woods would set the all-time record. Yeah, I think it's still seventeen. Jack it's eighteen, seventeen. Is 18, that right? Eighteen to 18. Jack, and I think Tiger's got fifteen now that he won that Masters a few years ago. Yeah, Tiger, it, it kind of you know sputtered out. Uh, what's it been? It's been over ten years. Uh, and then I think he picked up one more along the way. Yeah, he the Masters. Remember, like two, three years ago, he won the sideways. Masters. Remember, uh, it was kind of special. Uh, I think that was right before COVID hit. Uh, it might have been the year. How before. could I forget? Yeah, well, it was right around, it was right around there. But, yeah, either way, he won that one. That was like his last big hurrah, and that gave him 15. But, yeah, still three away from Jack. And, you know, Tiger's health and, and all of that is certainly not in a spot where you think he can win a major anytime soon. Well, since we're cycling away from the horse racing majors, a.k.a. Triple Crown, and sliding to and embracing the last two remaining golf majors, uh, at least the golfers know that they're competing. So I can get behind possibly following golf. Okay. So Okay. All right. You ready uh, to talk some football? All right. Boy, I'm really, I'm really tempted to say more, and I hear Matt Casey laughing, but he's not going to be laughing if I say what I want to say. So I'm just going to keep pushing <laughs> forward with with uh, uh, football. Football. That's why we're here. Did I mention 20 teams start their OTAs today? This is the culmination of the offseason program, Phase Three, and it's so funny. I remember when they first coined the phrase, Chris. It happened at some point in the past 22 years that I've been doing this where they started calling these practices. I remember at one point they called them quarterback camps. They had these different yeah, names. Yeah, right. coded words. And, and they, 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 it's like, why not just call it football practice? And they avoided it because at the end of the day, for so long, and you were part of the NFL when this was happening, it was practice. It was normal practice. The guys just didn't have pads on. But they're still out there beating the shit out of each other with helmets and nothing else. Well, I mean, they had clothes on. But, you know, and, and the, I remember hearing that the offensive linemen were like, can we just wear pads? Yeah, I'm all exactly. banged up That's from helmets was. hitting me. Right. Because you, you get you get grown ass men out there. Yeah. And what do you expect them to do? They're full yeah. of testosterone. They want to compete. You tell them, oh, oh, go easy. They don't go easy. And the coaches had no incentive to tell them to go easy until it became kind of a thing. And the union got involved and it's 
it's gotten under control since then. But this was the hallmark of the offseason program, the OTAs. It yeah. was football practice for two or three weeks, and it was full contact, full go, just no pads. Everybody had helmets, cleats, and that's it. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was it was like to the point of it was aggressive. It was full speed. It was everything except, yeah, no full contact, no knock the receiver out when he's running across the middle, right? But there was plenty, enough to it wear. It still happens sometimes. It definitely it still, still happens. It would be a big fight. Right, right. You know, it, it's hard, like you said. You know, it's hard to control everybody's emotions like that. And you're right in the fact that, like, linemen used to be like, can we just wear pads? Because the defensive linemen, the way they're hitting hands and they're twisting and stunting and doing all that and running into the side of a guy to pick him to let the other guy come underneath and get after the quarterback. Where, yeah, linemen were like, what, can we just put shoulder pads and, and, and our you know thigh pads and all that on to protect ourselves here? Because it, it was basically full speed without the tackling to the ground element. And then, like, you know, also, like you said, Mike, it's it's hard to tell, oh, there's 90 guys on the field. You can tell the superstars and the starting D linemen, hey, take a little off, you know, the gas pedal here. Let's go 85%. That's good. But guy number 85 on the roster who's trying to make us, like, make somebody notice him, he doesn't know anything but, like, I got to go full speed and show people what I got here. I only got a few opportunities, and that's where it becomes tricky, and that's where I think the NFL had to step in a little bit and control this to to a degree, um, and uh, I think they got it in the right place now. That risk is there every year. Those guys at the bottom of the roster who don't care about crossing the line, yeah. they're trying to get someone's attention. You're right. That's true every year. The coaches have to be in a position to take the steam out of those guys. The coaches at some level like that steam. It's easier to coach it out of a guy than to coach it into a That's guy. Right. And they're concerned if you start coaching it out of the guy, it ain't going to come back. Yeah. And the other teams to watch, the teams with first-year, first-time head coaches, will they be a little more aggressive? Because yeah. we'll see. Coaches get whacked. Typically they we'll do. We'll hear about it weeks after the fact. Right. And a lot of times it's that first-year guy or somebody trying to turn a program around. Like the Broncos. Maybe you want to watch the Broncos right. a little more carefully. Change the culture. Sean Payton in there team. kicking ass right. and taking names. Right. Right. And they're willing to to skirt, you know, the possibility of having to pay 50 grand or whatever the fine is. And, you know, if you do it multiple times and you start having to worry about draft picks, the Seahawks have had multiple violations in the past. <laughs> Shocker. Spirit of competition. <laughs> yeah, go out there and compete and compete right. and compete. And – and you have to ask yourself, it's, it's, a, it's a business calculation. Yeah. Is it worth the risk of getting whacked if the benefit is my team is better suited to compete on Sundays during football season? This is the preparation. The foundation is being laid. The guys are here. Let's go out there. Let's begin the process of crafting our best 53 and getting the right mindset in these players. Why wait until July? They're here. Let's do it now. That's the balance. And I'd say for some teams... It's strategic, willing to take the risk that the yeah. NFLPA is going to order up limit. film of practice and possibly punish us right. because we come out of it with a better collection of football players. Yeah, that, that's right. I think I think teams are willing to push the limit. I think teams a lot of the times, you know, almost call the bluff of the NFLPA representative that's on the football team, right? To where they know that they can call like that. Every team has two representatives where. They know they can call and be like, hey, we, we were on the field an hour too long today. We had 10 people get knocked to the ground. Nobody's supposed to get hit out here. 
You know, that can go on, but teams are willing to kind of call the bluff. And a lot of the times, the guy that's the NFLPA representative, he's a guy that also loves football and loves the team, and he's willing to, okay, we stayed on the field for 25 or 30 minutes, so what? That's the sacrifice of it. So I do think teams are willing to to take those chances. And I know that's not full through. You know, there's a lot of players that try to do right by the, the guys that are NFLPA representatives and do call and tattletale, but they also, you know, Get a get a little bit of a a reputation around the NFL too. If you're that guy that does that too much, so you know. To your point, yeah, this is the time of the year where team building, you know, get it ready for training camp. This is who we are. We got to buy into a mantra, and that's where it can get a little emotional and, and out of hand in the OTAs at times. Meanwhile, it's all voluntary, and you hear that from time to time. It's voluntary. If somebody's not there. Well, it's voluntary. Why is it a big deal? You know why it's a big deal? Everybody else is there. All your competitors have full participation it's the ones who aren't there that stand out and that's the big question in baltimore i can't help but wonder chris we started the show some long 21 minutes ago with john harbaugh and odell beckham jr present at the preakness stakes over the weekend i can't help but wonder whether or not john harbaugh borrowed a line from joe pesci and goodfellas when he was leaving the bar and billy bats was there keep him here keep him here (laughs) keep him in baltimore Keep him at practice. Don't let him go home. Don't let him leave. Keep him here. They need him. They need Lamar Jackson. Those guys have not been around. You know, it was this big flurry of of euphoria in Baltimore. They get OBJ, and then a couple of weeks after that, they get Lamar Jackson signed. Everything's great. But they have not been around much. And phase one, phase two, who cares? Phase three, that's when... You're installing your new offense. It's a revolutionary new offense in Baltimore. Now, Odo Beckham Jr., it's been vague, to say the least, whether or not he's cleared to even get on the field and practice, even in an OTA setting. He's 15 months removed from his most recent ACL surgery. Is he ready to go? Is he able to go? But Lamar Jackson needs to be there. Chris, if this team wants to do what it needs to do, And this dovetails with the first question that we posed today. How close are the Ravens to catching the Kansas City Chiefs? Not as close as they could be if they don't have Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. They're learning that new offense, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, of course, right? We've had these discussions before. You know, Lamar, I think, clapped back at at me once on Twitter when I kind of was a few years ago going, hey, I... You know, I thought you wanted to be like Brady and, you know, you got to be at the OTAs and win and do all that. I, You know, I've made that clear. I'm a believer in quarterback should be there, especially when you're the highest paid guy, and the star and the leader of the football team. I am. I'd be surprised if we didn't see Lamar there today. I mean, I'd be shocked. I really would be. That would be like, whoa, are you kidding me? Man, after all this, the first, con- you know, finally get the contract done. Things are on the up and up and we're not there the first day. You know, you know, Todd Monken, new offensive coordinator, like you said, they're learning a new offense. It's going to have new rules, right? Get everybody on the same page. And to the point of what we're talking about, how close are the Ravens to being a legit threat to the Chiefs? I think they're damn close. Like a team that when we go through the exercise in a few months where we have to pick a Super Bowl winner in August, I'm going to go, this is one of the short list teams that I think can be there or go to the Super Bowl. I thought that last year, if Lamar could just get healthy towards the end of the year. We saw that. That Bengals-Ravens playoff game, it was on the NFL Network the other day. I mean, damn, 
We're talking about the team, the Bengals, where we go, well, we think they should have gone to the Super Bowl. They kind of got screwed over in the AFC Championship game and got a little unlucky against the Chiefs, right? Well, here's a team without their best player who toe-to-toe was like, so? Okay, we're on the one-inch line, about to go up seven in the fourth quarter. So I'm a believer, Mike, in the Ravens and what they are. Defense has got talent. They got some young guys coming up the pipeline. They got a scheme on that side that's creative and keeps them in every game. And then we know the offense now, the O-line was good, Lamar's good, the running back's being healthy, and we got some weapons at receiver here with a new offense. I I think the Ravens can be one of the top teams in the AFC. I really do. A lot to expect in the first year of this new offense. A lot of it just depends upon how quickly they can coalesce and be ready to go. That's what Big word, coalesce. More important than in a normal year, not that big, in a normal year, it's important for your quarterback to be there in a year like this with new stuff, new offense. You would think that Lamar Jackson would want to be there. And look, we're not, we're acting as if he's not there. At least I am. Maybe he will be. And yeah. if he is, good. Not That's not sarcastic golf clap. That's good. Be there. You need to be there because this offense is going to be catered to the next phase of your evolution as a player. More passing, less running, extend your career. You should embrace the opportunity to be there and learn and grow and connect with your teammates. We saw last year the great juxtaposition. Now, there's a long word. What the Chiefs did post Tyreek Hill, what Patrick Mahomes did with the Chiefs post Tyreek Hill, and what the Packers did post Devontae Adams. More importantly, what Aaron Rodgers didn't do post Devontae Adams, and look at what happened. One wins a Super Bowl, one doesn't make the playoffs. One has a late run yeah. that maybe would have made it to the postseason if, if it was a mid-run. Aaron Rodgers had been there yeah. this time of year, and they right. wouldn't have had to make a run. It just would have been they were good from wire to wire, and that's what the Ravens need. To compete with the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills, you got to be good wire to wire. And it's a great spot psychologically for the Ravens to be in because who's really looking at the Ravens? Yeah, you're right, Mike. As a serious threat. It's Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. Whatever order you want to put them in. And everybody else. The Ravens are the top team out of the everybody else that that could infiltrate that trio that we assume the Super Bowl team is coming from one of those three. I I, I would agree, right? You know, there's there's those short list of teams where you go, yeah, we're, we're in agreement there. Bills, Chiefs, you know, Bengals. We look at that as the cream of the crop there. You know, but then, yeah, you get in the Ravens are probably suspect, num- prime suspect number one, they say. that they, they they belong in that conversation with the Bengals and the Chiefs. You get into then, okay, there are teams like the Dolphins and the Jaguars. They're on the outside looking in right there, too, knocking at the door, trying to get in that elite club there with those football teams. But, yeah, I, I think the Ravens are close. I think when you break it down, we know the quarterback special, right? You know, the receivers, and this is why you want them there and you want uh, Lamar there like you're talking about. Hey, Rashad Bateman, he's a young player who's been injured, so we got to get going with him. They got Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham Jr. They got Isaiah Likely, who's a young tight end, right? So they got a lot of things there, let alone the new offense where you'd like to see them get on the same page like you're talking about there. But O-line, one of the biggest, most physical in football. Tight end group we just talked about, one of the best in football. Receivers got some potential for the first time in a long time there. You know, and then you talk about the defense like we talked about, and you break it down position by position. Uh, they're secondary. It's damn good. Like, damn good. Linebackers, woo! Tell me a better duo in the sport right now than Roquan and Patrick Queen. And then D line, 
You know, there's some some guys that are coming up the ranks there. So I think when you look at their roster, they got a little bit of everything. And like we always talk about, right, Mike? Right, Mike? I mean, nobody's going to out-physical them. They're never going to be at a size disadvantage. So that always allows Baltimore to match up with just about anybody. You didn't even mention your guys, A. Flowers, your top My bad. I know, right? Damn. They got him in round one. Right. So there's another Revolutionizing the offense. Yeah, that's right. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Peter King and I did a pop-up draft on Friday of running backs that need to step it up in 2023. I threw J.K. Dobbins in there because he had that great rookie year, had the ACL tear in 21. Last year really wasn't back to where he needed to be. He's healthy. If he's healthy, fully healthy. And these ACLs can take a while to recover from. Adrian Peterson ruined everyone on the ACL recovery expectation. That's a rarity. Usually it takes some time to get back to what you were and to build on it. But if J.K. Dobbins is healthy, this is his year to shine. Contract year for him. And, uh, you know, a great compliment to whatever Todd Munkin is trying to do at at the the, the passing aspect of it. And, and, And let's be fair although it may sound unfair, it's not like Bill Walsh is running this offense. Like, I mean, you know, it's just Greg Roman. It had gotten so stagnant. It was so one-dimensional. It was so predictable. I think that Ravens fans would embrace anybody right now. But the last time we saw Todd Munkin in the NFL, he was the Browns offensive coordinator in 2019 when they grossly underachieved. So it's not like the name is going to – result in oh, oh they got oh they got him they got him it's it's not like some hot coordinator that people are expecting is going to wave his magic wand but still still what he's doing is different than what the ravens have done and they've got the talent to make it work and it's going to be fascinating to see what lamar jackson can do in an offense that is more pass centric yeah. than run centric and that's another reason why it needs Th- to be that's there. it. Learn the offense, right. make the transition and be ready to go. I think it's it, it, I mean you said that right, you know. I think the the infusion of Munkin gives Munkin gives the whole team a little bit of infusion of excitement and energy, like we talk about sometimes with that new coach. It gets everybody going there, right? 
And, you know, I, I just – some of the things you mentioned – I mean, this was a 10-7 and seven football team last year that lost some heartbreakers early in the year where you go, well, they kind of outplayed that team and just messed up some situations at the end of the game where you go, they could have easily been like, you know, 12-5, and 13-4. And, and then you add on top of that the amount of injuries they had to start players. I mean, you said J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, he wasn't himself all year long. Gus Edwards barely played, right? He's a, he's a damn good running back. Uh, then they had yeah the issues at wide receiver. They had Ronnie Stanley, who's you know one of the best left tackles in football. He's not totally healthy. I mean, they dealt with a lot last year, you know. And that's where I, I look at that and go, man, that, that's where I just think they're on the cusp of being one of the best teams in the AFC. I really do. You take that Dolphins game, you take the Bills game, you know, the Giants game. Lamar does something dumb at the end of that football game there. You know, they had some games where they outplayed the other teams and blew them at the end of the football game. And I think you couple that with the in- injuries and all that. That's why I'm I'm very bullish on the Ravens going into 2023. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. They get it started with the Texans. That's an opportunity to build a little confidence, get that offense off on the right start right. at 1-0, and then they go to Cincinnati in Week 2, and we find out what they're all about. But, you know, you look at the early season schedule, other than the Bengals, they got the Colts week three. They're at the Browns week four. Yeah. They're at the Steelers All teams week five, that they're on Titans paper are better six. than. They could, yeah. They could, they could get off to a pretty good start. The Bengals game is the only one that would concern me. But, again, we saw what they did in Cincinnati in the playoffs. It's a division rival. It doesn't matter as much when you go into their building because you go into their building every year at least once. Last year they went in twice. They're a team that – if we're looking at, and we, we talked before the schedule release, ooh, look at the early games, look for where the tough games are, look where the easy games are, where you're getting the Texans and the Colts, two of the worst teams in football last year in the first three weeks. Great opportunity to pick up wins, to start racking up wins. September, October football, the victories there are money in the bank. They're going to help you when Week 18 rolls around. Sure. That's all it is. It doesn't tell you what kind of team you're going to be in January. You're going to be a very different team. You're going to be better. You're going to worse. You're not going to be the same. But those wins that you get early, those are the things that can be the difference. When we see how thin the margins are, Chris, winning those first two games, two of those first three at a minimum, Texans, Colts, yeah. that's a great way to get off to the kind of start that can carry them to the levels we're talking about where they could disrupt that presumption it's going to be the Bills, the Bengals, or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, you, and you said it. You know, you look at that early season schedule. You look at they got three out of their first five games on the road versus division opponents, where they have a chance to, you know, again put themselves in the spot like you said, where it's mid November, it, it's start of December, and going, no, we're, we we already won our first you know bout of division games, and now they got to come to us and play us. You know, so. We'll see where it goes, but I, I think there's a lot of positives and things to build on. And now with the Lamar contract situation done, I think it's just going to be a like like we talked about with Todd Munkin and just the energy that'll provide. I think Lamar and the contract situation being done and in the rearview mirror, that's going to be another boost of energy for the football team. Of course, it's going to be a boost for him. He's going to be that. I, I think he's going to go to another level as a leader here. You know, now it, it's official. I'm the freaking man here. We know that, right? I'm happy they took care of me, and now he can just flourish and be Lamar, and I think that's what's exciting if you're a Ravens fan. That's one thing to keep an eye on, and I think we need to look at it more carefully, especially this year. 
There isn't a lot of drama in the NFL this year, but what we have is multiple cities where the drama is gone. What happens for the teams where that cloud is pushed away and you don't have that thing constantly dragging down everyone in Green Bay? The constant dysfunction between Aaron Rodgers and the front office, that's gone. What does that mean for the Packers? In Tampa Bay, this constant Tommy, 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 and where's Tommy, and how much longer is he going to play, and why is Bruce Arians not the coach, and all the other crap, because the, the, the world revolved around Tommy. That's gone. Will the Buccaneers maybe have a little lift from that? And in Baltimore, this drama, this issue, this question, the contract, it's gone. And what does that do for Lamar Jackson? What does that do for the team? Look, whatever the truth was, the whole question of whether or not Lamar Jackson could have been playing late in the season, ultimately in the postseason, was a question in the locker room. It was a thing. Definitely. It was an issue. When you got that many guys on the team, you're going to have guys in the locker room who are thinking, can he really go? Can he really go? We need him. Can he go? Or is this a contract thing? And then you have the sub part of it of, well, if it is a contract thing, he's got every right to make it a contract thing. He's got no security beyond this year. But that's all gone now. Those questions, those issues, those sources of stress, gone from the Packers, gone from the Buccaneers, and gone from the Ravens. That's another human factor that I think bolsters the Ravens' legitimacy in 2023. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I would agree with you there. I, I would even probably throw in the Patriots and the, their fact of their offensive coordinator thing being fixed and all yes. that crap maybe into that category as well. But I think you did a good job of hitting on the team, certainly, that, yeah, have had a – had a, a a distraction or a cloud hovering. I think you said that right. So we'll see. Yeah, things seem clear. Browns. Browns. Yeah. How about the Browns? Exactly. That's another one to throw another in one. There. We're exactly not even right. talking about the Browns. Right. Right. All this Deshaun Watson stuff is over. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. They got him all year long. And nobody knows what to make of the Browns. Hell, they could be good this year. No, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, that that's what's what's great about, you know, the AFC and what we're talking about is some of the teams that are under the radar, you go, well, they're under the radar and they got a star quarterback and a ton of talent across the team. So that's where it's as deep as ever. And, you know, we'll probably look like some fools with some of the things we'll say about the AFC just because it's so good and so deep. And as I've been telling everybody on radio or wherever, I don't think the AFC's ever been this good since the 70s. And you know, it's, it's unreal right now. And there's legitimately, you can look at it and go, there's like 12, like legit, like you look at on paper and go, they're like a playoff caliber football team. And that's where it's going to be interesting when these guys got to get on the field and play it out. I would submit to you that the AFC is even better now than it was in the 70s. I think so. In the 70s, it was a small handful right. of great teams. You're Dolphins, right. Steelers, Raiders. Yeah. There was a big drop after Dolphins, Steelers, Raiders. Right. A big drop. Right, Mike. The yeah. Bills, a little bit. Right. Gotcha. The Browns, a little bit. Right. You know, but there was, there was, they were the, the Oilers rose up late yeah, in the here decade. And there. But right. it was Dolphins, Steelers, Raiders. Now it's who the hell knows. Yeah. Who the hell knows? We know it's Chiefs. Right? Chiefs in the a bunch field. Of other people. Take right. the field. Right, right. But with any one of these teams, with any one of these teams, they always say take the field. There's too much that can go wrong in a 17-game regular season. Too much potential for injury. Too much possibility for just weird stuff happening. Chiefs field, take the field. Bills field, take the field. Any team field. This year especially, take the field. There's yeah. too many great teams. Whoever comes out of the AFC 
will have earned it. They should give them a Lombardi trophy just for winning the AFC. Forget about the Super Bowl. You're right. Running that gauntlet is worth (laughs) something more. Nothing against the Lamar Hunt trophy. It's worth something more than what you usually get to win the AFC. It it is. It's it's just going to take a special run to get through the AFC or some luck or whatever. You know, because, all right, so let's go to the next phase of our conversation here, right? Because, you know, we're talking about the Ravens and we're looking at, hey, their team, they're legit. We think they can join the AFC elite. Now we got team like the Jaguars or the Chargers, right? What do you think about them? Do, you, do we think there are two teams that start up practice today? Do, if you had to choose one of those two, right? I mean, we know both playoff teams, very even, 27 nothing, come back, beat them, blah, blah, blah. Mike, who's, who out of those two teams do you look at to go, all right, now they, they go to the next level this year and they start to become more of a threat to the, the Chiefs, Bengals, and the, and the teams at the top of the AFC? Let me start with the Jaguars because they provide a data point to prove what we were suggesting just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. You get past the drama and what happens. Right. What happens? Yeah. That Urban Meyer crap. I mean, that was as bad as it gets. It was an embarrassment to the game. It set the team back a decade and they got past it in one year. You get what you get a real NFL head coach. What a shock. Who would have guessed that if you get rid of a Fugazi guy who never should have been coaching in the NFL, what the hell was Shad Khan thinking when he had to hire Urban Meyer? And I remember at the time, I remember because there's always a segment in our business of people who will embrace the next big thing from a coaching standpoint, just in case the person ends up being good. Then you get access galore because that person's taking notes, just like Ryan Howard, you know, he's got his list, who believed in me and who didn't. But I remember saying, what's, what's this Urban Meyer thing? Like, there's yeah, all these other teams looking for coaches, and nobody, and nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Chris Spielman has deep ties to Ohio State, and they're looking for a coach in Detroit. And Urban Meyer was the king of Columbus, and they're not even putting this guy on the radar screen. Something's, something's not adding up here. So look at all that crap. For a change, I was right. Look at all that crap they went through, and they turned it around last year. And now the question is, how do you deal with success? How do you build on unlikely success? What's the next step for Trevor Lawrence? Can they be? You know, we we act like it's Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. I mean, one of the final four teams in the AFC last year was the Jaguars, and they gave the Chiefs everything they could handle. Maybe we should be saying the Jaguars are the team, not the Ravens that could, could crash that party. I don't think it's crazy. I think they're in that conversation there. You know, I I don't know. There's a part of me that I look at like the Ravens and and the Jaguars to what you're saying. And I look, we look at the teams and the rosters and I'd go, you know, if we talk about Chiefs, King, Bengals, you know, sitting there in second, Bills is three. I'd go ahead. Teams like the Ravens and the the Jaguars, I think can easily supplant the Bills as that number three team. Certainly. I think right now, if I look at the rosters, I'd go, yeah, I like their rosters more than Buffalo. Buffalo just has a guy that can close the gap on anybody. Like a Mahomes, Allen makes the game even. It doesn't matter who you play because he's just special. So no play, no situations ever done with Josh Allen. But I think team for team, like we saw at the end of the year, Jacksonville's got more talent and firepower than Buffalo. I think Baltimore does too. Let alone they got the ability to run and be physical and do all that as well. And they don't just ride one guy like like the Bills do Josh Allen. So, you know, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Mike, in that 
You know, both of these teams, as far as Jaguars and Chargers, could be that team that infuses themselves into the conversation. The talent's there on paper, right? The Jaguars, we know, have the culture with the coaching stuff. I think the Chargers were questioning that still a little bit. Can they stay healthy? You know, what is Brandon Staley all about, right? I like Brandon Staley, but I, I there's it's it's fair to question some of the things he's done. I get that too. And then they have two quarterbacks where, I mean, I don't know, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, they're, they're like the same guy, aren't they? They look the same in the uniform, except they wear just a different number and got different colors. So they're special as well. And you throw that all into it and you go, yeah, these are teams that would I be shocked if we saw them on AFC Championship Sunday this year? I wouldn't be shocked at all. No, and look, with all this talk about Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, there's going to be a team out there that is just filing it away and pissed off and working hard, like Mr. T, working out in a crappy basement, doing pull-ups on ropes hanging from the rafters, just busting their butts, waiting for their opportunity to prove to everyone that they belong in that conversation, that they're as good as, if not better than, the teams everyone is trying to crown. And I think the Jaguars more likely than the Chargers. Just because the Chargers still have that vibe, my very timely and hip reference, Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, it's always something with the Chargers. And I feel like it's not something that is going to go away, especially when you consider how their 2022 season ended to have that big lead against the Jaguars, and to blow it. That is not a taste that gets washed out of the mouth quickly. That's something that lingers. And we both like Brandon Staley. We got a ton of respect for him. But something is off with that team. The the, the shine that was Justin Herbert, I feel like that has diminished, and maybe he has been eclipsed by Trevor Lawrence. You know, we set our narratives, and we don't like giving up on our narratives because we worked hard on coming up with that narrative, and we all have accepted the narrative, the Justin Herbert franchise quarterback. But at some point, you got to do the things franchise quarterbacks do, and that's win in January. Trevor Lawrence won in January head-to-head against Justin Herbert, and Herbert and his team blew it. There's just something with the Chargers. So I would put the Jaguars in better position to supplant or at least to invade what we have going on at the top of the conference with the Chargers. They're going to have to prove to me that they've exercised their demons because that game we saw on NBC when the Jaguars came back and took it, Yeah, that that proves conclusively the Chargers need an exorcism. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I mean... Hey, they, they were they had this kind of mantra a little bit even before Brandon Staley got there, right? Uh, there, there was the injuries and just like seemed like oh, it was always something. Uh, we 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 were hopeful that Brandon Staley could fix it, which which I think he has to a degree. It's going in the right direction, but yeah, it does seem like it's it's always an injury or it was the fourth down stuff from two years ago, right? So can they bring it all together? Herbert special. But also, too, a little bit like Josh Allen can, you know, can they can they help him more? I mean, they never can run the ball, right? They're not a good running football team. So can they do that and be balanced? You know, I think that's why they made a change at offensive coordinator this year, too, because they went, wait, we're not even taking advantage of the guy and what he does. We're dinking and dunking and throwing four-yard passes with a guy that's got a freaking laser for a right arm and can throw 50-yard, you know, bombs easier than anybody in the sport. And we're sitting here throwing, let me throw another four-yard throw. 
Like the so I think that's why they made that change, Mike. You know, to make sure everybody wait, 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 don't forget here, we got a freak of nature at quarterback here. They got one. They got a special one. And hopefully they can make it work here with him. But, uh, you know, you bring up good points, and it's going to be about, yeah, can they change that culture, that feeling, whatever it is here in this offseason and help him out a little bit. Push the ball down the field. Trevor Lawrence has Travis Etienne who runs for 1,000 yards. He's got an offensive head coach that's behind him. Hopefully Kellen Moore can, you know, be that type of guy for, for Herbert and, and with the Chargers. Gets back to the point that Alex Smith made last week. I know. I was going to get to that. Talking right. about on Thursday. Right. right. Yeah. How do defensive coaches coach? How do offensive coaches coach? And what you may have in, in L.A., the B team in L.A., which is trying to be the A team, and this is their chance to do it because the former A team is now F+. Plus. But, <laughs> sorry, Rams, Rams catching a stray there, but they deserve it. Brandon Staley not embracing and attacking for, for, and that's the irony for a guy who's aggressive go for it on fourth down the way the offense has been constructed it is a lot of dinking and dunking it's why Austin Eckler wants his big contract they use him too much right well I mean here's they a put four the ball yard hands throw. too much they exactly. throw too many passes to right. him exactly. get the ball down the field you've yeah. got this guy that can be one of the greats of the game and you're not using him the way that you could the way that you should and maybe it does go back to what Alex Smith said, defensive coaches have a hard time properly developing and getting the most out of great young quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it, it's certainly something to, to keep our eye on. He made a great point, you know, something you've alluded to really the last few years. Brandon Staley, right, we know he he played quarterback, so hopefully that's still something that's, you know, on his mind, and which, which I think it is. I think he showed that. You know, it's again, they fired a guy and he threw for 4,700 yards. They fired the offensive coordinator because I think he went, wait, this this development's not going the right way. So good for him not doubling down and trying to be like, I didn't make a mistake with Joe Lombardi. We're going to stay with that guy. He realized it. They made the adjustment. Now, can they bring it all together on that side of the ball? Can Joey Bosa stay healthy? Can J.C. Jackson stay healthy? Right? It's they, They're always the injury bug. It's been a problem there. That's the other thing you got to look at, and hopefully they found some new ways to treat the offseason and, and change that aspect or bad luck of their franchise around as well. That's one of the things that has just been consistently there. It's part of the it's always something mantra. Yeah. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Right. At a certain point, it's not just bad luck. At a certain point, there's something you're not doing right to get your players ready to pop up and keep going when their body gets pretzeled in a bunch of different directions. And we see that all the time. And guys pop up and keep going. And it requires a very careful nutrition and training and flexibility plan, recovery, rehab. Something's wrong there as well. And I agree with you completely. It's good that Brandon Staley didn't double down on the mistake and hire of Joe Lombardi to be the offensive coordinator, but you flip it around and say, you still made a mistake. You still hired the wrong guy. There was something off there. Something didn't add up. And I, I, this, this is hot seat year for Brandon Staley. And I just think that's the thing that makes it harder for them to be one of the ones to crash this party. And if they do, it'll be a hell of a story. It'll be a hell of a story because they will have thrived under maximum pressure. Yeah. I just feel like there's too much there on the Chargers for them to have that kind of freedom. You need to have an element of that where you need to be loose. You can't be tight. If you're going to compete with the best of the best, you got to be loose. You got to be confident. You can't be afraid of your own shadow. You can't be waiting a pending, uh, impending doom. 
you've got to just go for it. And I just wonder whether or not the Chargers are going to be a little more restrained and careful this year because they feel the walls closing in. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, you know, how they react to it all. You know, but but you know, hopefully they they're not like that. And I think to get out of the AFC West and get in the get out of the AFC, they they got to be aggressive and they got to be confident and go. And we'll see. And and to your point, yeah, I, I hear you. I think it's a big year for Brandon Staley. I do. The biggest thing again, like what we saw last year, every hot commodity new head coach guy, right in the end of December. The if the the Chargers are going to be a team anybody looks at if there's a, just a, a a oh wait there's a chance I could become the head coach just like we saw this year you and I heard from a lot of credible people around the NFL Jim Harbaugh Sean Payton they wanted the Chargers job the Chargers job was the one they wanted everybody wanted the Chargers job why because the things you said they got nowhere to go but up right LA's king Chargers have never had success and then you got freaking Justin Herbert a quarterback. And it's some talent on the roster to go along with it. So that's where it, it's going to be continue to be a spot that the new head coach is going to look at. And that's where hopefully Brandon Staley and company can kick some butt this year and squash all that. Case in point, the arrival of Sean Payton in Denver makes me at least say, hmm, I wonder, I wonder. If he had been the new coach of the Chargers this year, it would be exclamation point. Hold on to your butts. Here come the Chargers. And, and again, I, I hate to say that because I don't want it to be a backhanded slap at Brandon Staley, but that's no, how I would have felt. it's just Sean Payton, right. It's just that's Sean Payton factor, felt. right. Hey, Sean Payton's been there, done that, and we saw his team towards the top of the mountain for almost 15 years straight. It's, it's okay for you to say that. It's one of the greatest offensive minds in the sport. So I hear you there. Yeah, you know, if they had Sean Payton, I think we'd all boost them up in our power rankings and go, uh-oh, watch out for the Chargers. You know, Brandon Staley, the way he's handled situations, all these other things we've talked about, that's all led us to question them a little bit. And we'll see where it goes, and hopefully they answer those questions. 15 years of sustained greatness with a quarterback who, when he walks up to Justin Herbert, does this. So, yeah, what a difference. What a difference it would have been to see Sean Payton with a guy of Justin Herbert's statute, stature excuse me, and skills. Let's take a break. When we return, and we've made it uh, 53 minutes through Chicken Salad Monday, some baby quarterbacks and some old-ass man quarterbacks. Which ones are in the best position to thrive this year? Monday, PFT Live, back right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.